Ashwin, six in the bank. Treadwell misses, thought he misses, but it doesn't matter. India win the Champions Trophy. In the air, Srishan takes it. India win. Welcome to the Desi Review System podcast where we have our hands on the wheel, eyes on the road and cricket in our rear view mirror. This new podcast that looks back at iconic cricket matches. This is Tariq along with my co-host Clive, the founder of the podcast. Hi Tariq. And Vinayak who's a journalist at Scroll. Hello guys. And uh, we have uh, two special guests on this podcast because uh, of the match that we are going to be discussing. We thought it would be absolutely appropriate to have them on board. Zinia Dukuna, who is a sports journalist at Scroll. Hi guys, thanks so much for having me. This sounds fun. And later on in the show, we'll also be talking to Snehal Pradhan, who is a former India cricketer and a current cricket commentator. Why did we have to invite uh, Zinia and Snehal on this very special podcast is because we are discussing uh, a very iconic game in Indian cricket history in 2017 when India made it to the World Cup final at Lords. India and World Cup finals at Lords has quite a history and another chapter was written on uh, July 23rd, 2017. Uh, I should mention without uh, trying to sound uh, too humble braggy that I was there at Lords. It was my first ever match uh, outside of India live. Originally, I had bought the ticket assuming I'm going to watch Australia versus England. Uh, Turned out it was a sold out India versus England encounter. As usual, we will have the pod in three parts uh, to set up the context of the game and then we talk about the game and its legacy and, and aftermath. Xenia, just put us into, into the time uh, back then. What a lot of people might not remember is that India had to qualify to reach the World Cup in the first place. Because that was also because of off-field factors, because India didn't play Pakistan in the uh, championship uh, before the World Cup, which is why India had to uh, play South Africa in the final of the qualifier tournament. It was another Har- Harman Preet special that sort of got India over the line there. So, in a way, it was qualifiers who reached the final, which is a great story in any sport. Of course, India were not really underdogs considering they had been in the final before. But the manner in which India got there was special because uh, they started with win with a win over England, eventual champions at home, tournament opener. Uh, Smriti Mandana playing after months after career-threatening injury. And all of a sudden, India are actually starting off with a win. Then there was West Indies, Pakistan, Sri Lanka. Fairly easy wins. Uh, there were massive losses to Australia and South Africa. So, the final match against New Zealand became a virtual quarter-final. And India won that by the biggest margin in World Cup history. You can imagine the semi-finals itself was unexpected. And then it was the Harman Preet knock, which... Uh, which I think would require another podcast to actually accurately describe. And yeah, that was that is why reaching the final was special because of the turnaround the team had and the various hoops they had to jump through to reach them. Zinia set it up pretty, pretty much uh, the way I wanted it to. So the other thing that stood out for me was, uh, I think off, after the Australia match, uh, the one that India lost, uh, Mithali Raj actually gave a very strange press conference uh, saying, you know, uh, pretty much dis- dismissing India's chances in a big uh, big game. She had said that if it's a big match and if it's a must-win match, 
India usually falter. And she said that ahead of the New Zealand match, which was a must win. It had sounded very strange to me back then. It's like in the middle of the World Cup, the captain coming out and saying, you know, she felt burdened by the amount of run scoring she has to do in the middle order. And then that she, it seemed as if she wasn't really confident of what the team was going through. But I mean, as it turned out, it completely was the other way around. I mean, she, it turned out to be, I'm guessing, a morale booster for the Indian team when they defeated New Zealand in such a convincing manner. And then the Arman Preet innings that followed. Uh, that Mithali, the, the way the Indian campaign went, uh, you know, from the highs of the start, and then suddenly a dip, and then back up again, and then to reach the final. I think it was a pretty pretty crazy roller coaster. Where, whereas England, on the other hand, didn't lose after losing to India in the opener. It was a pretty smooth sailing for them. The semi-final was a close one, but it was a pretty smooth sailing for them the rest of the tournament. Uh, so, it was like the, the roller coaster aspect of India and then the host playing at Lords, that the, the contrast was very interesting. And uh, Clive, if I can bring you here now, uh, yeah. what, what were your uh, thoughts on it? And of course, Clive is our stats expert, so he can give us a little bit of a backgrounder on uh, statistically how India placed coming into the tournament. So, in the four-year cycle before this uh, World Cup, India were pretty actually a pretty decent uh, one-day side. Uh, if if you just look at games involving all the sides of the World Cup, India's win-loss record was 2.25 wins per loss. So, they were not bad. But given that how the ICC Championship worked, they had to go through the qualifier route. and They could have made it directly to the World Cup had it not been, as Zena pointed out, that uh, administration or whatever, political issues with Pakistan. So, that is what put us, uh, put us behind. But one thing is that Mithali Raj, the captain, had... Uh, one of the most stellar uh, four-year periods. She had an average of around uh, 70 or 50 above. Sorry. Yeah, highest average for more uh, women who have played 30 games. So, she came into the tournament with that uh, record. But given how we uh, started off the tournament, especially the game against England where the girls showed that they can fight even though there was partnerships building in the England innings, they knew that this Chase can be tough for England. And that is exactly what they did. But then later on during the tournament, they uh, they lost and slowly built up. So, I like that whole that whole emotional uh, ride the Indian fans went through during that tournament was something I'll remember. And especially that Harman Preet caught uh, when I was watching because I've seen the Australian women play and they are early. They are a different class of players. Like uh, They take the game very seriously. They have if you go in Australia, they there are a lot of people actually coming and watching the, uh, their games. So they want to make sure that you know the fans have a good time and they take the game. They have professional contracts as well, so you understand where they are coming from on that term. So I never gave India a chance, but watching the Harman Preet innings, that was a whole joy ride. And since you mentioned the Harman Preet innings, Clive, I should bring in Zinia here. Um, Zinia, yes, we will need an entirely different pod probably to address that, but that was a humongous game. Um, in a recent interview to Harsha Bogle, Harman Preet uh, mentioned that, uh, you know, that was a game where she was taking it upon herself to make sure that India scored way more than what uh, the team management was actually targeting. They were saying 250 and she was telling, I think, Mithali Raj on the field that uh, 250 is not going to be enough. So, please allow me to play freely and, uh, you know, to get as many runs um, as, as we can because this is an opposition who can topple big scores. 
Uh, and uh, she turned out to be pretty right. Australia got to 246. Of course, India scored 281. Suzinia, give us the cliff's notes on that <laughs> Thurman Preet core inning. Yeah, actually, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was just going to go back in history a little and talk about how Harman Preet became the first Indian to play an overseas T20 league with the Women's Big Bash League, which is why she had the, probably the rarest and the best insight into how this Australian team functions as a professional unit, which is why she knew that what innings, what total, what is the mark that should, uh, that, that will be considered good. And, uh, you know, on a, on a side note, another reason why Harman Preet's innings is so iconic is because uh, we are social media. I, I'll probably come to this a little later, but uh, that knock in itself, uh, it, it's really difficult to describe what was going on because at the start of it, her strike rate was all over the place. And typically, uh, typically when Harmanpreet doesn't fire, it, it's sort of a, she needs time to settle in, essentially. So once you knew she settled in, there was always a chance she'd go slam bang towards the end. But the way, uh, I think her acceleration was crazy. The final acceleration and the power play that really changed it all. And I doubt there was anyone else who could do it apart from Harrison Cruz. If there was one, that would be Veda. And she had done it just in the previous match against New Zealand. So it was sort of like a domino reaction with Veda taking that responsibility. Harman, with her experience in Australia. And then, well, the rest is history. That brings us nicely to get into our next segment, which would be the, the final match itself, because it was set up after this epic Indian win. Zinia, uh, a quick rundown of uh, how, how we got underway in, in this final with England uh, winning the toss and, and batting. So chasing a final is always considered a little bit more uh, stressful than setting a target. And with the toss uh, in England's favour, they obviously chose to bat first. But what really, uh, what really went wrong right at the start was with the new ball. India was not able to uh, make any any real headway. So uh, Winfield and Tammy Beaumont were able to build a decent partnership. It was the spinners who came in and uh, sort of got them out. And then uh, Sarah Taylor and Siva put up a good 80 odd run partnership. Well, we had Julian Goswami with a stunning old ball spell break that. But then you had the lower order, Jenny Gunn and Catherine Brunt put up a partnership. And they got to 228, which would be a chaseable figure on any day, on any pitch, for, for any team that's in the final. And India did come about uh, nine runs, uh, in a nine runs, as close as nine runs. But what really, the bowling didn't really work. The spinners didn't really work in the same way as was expected. With the chase, if you see the scorecard, India had decent. India had two half centurions, but uh, what happened is something that we've seen several times in the past and since the final. There was a bit of a middle order batting collapse where nothing worked and a panic button was sort of pressed. And then, well, I think some 28 runs needed, and you had seven wickets in hand. India went from 191 for three in the 43rd over to 219 all out in the 49th. And well, that is how it happened in the end. To those of us who actually remember that match. <laughs> <laughs> Since uh, Zina mentions a summary of the match, uh, and also uh, please don't unsubscribe to this podcast the moment I say this. Uh, with 28 odd runs required and those seven wickets is in hand is when I had the first thought that holy cow, we just might be about to be crowned world champions and I'm here to see it. Um, and we all know what happened next. Uh, so I'm happy to step back as host from the <laughs> podcast. 
inning one of those occasions where you know she uh, she as you always does uh, rises up when india needs her the most she's done it so often in her career and to do that at the at lords in the final was uh, just a special effort from her uh, at that point we were all thinking you know this is for julan and mitali right uh, that was a sentiment uh, the world cup is for julan and mitali it looks like they're both going to play another world cup uh, even though mitali specifically said a couple of times during the world cup that it was going to be her last uh, all the chances are that we will see both of them in another world cup uh, fingers crossed for that but it really was an occasion for the both of them uh, just another point to add here uh, one of the pre match interviews that uh, they had done uh, i remember icc had done a pre match interview and mitali had said a very interesting thing where she said you know i was at lords uh, way back in 1999 and uh, she was not there as a cricketer she was there as a tourist taking photographs uh, you know i'm i'm a cricketer who is at lords i'm going to click photographs and here she was uh, in 2017 leading the team into the world cup final i think it was a massive moment in her career uh, i think it's still a massive moment in mitali and julian's career that to get to the lords final itself so 2035 seniors cricket team i should try my chances i think <laughs> yes uh, <just> <laughs> <with> your math <laughs> uh so unless you make no predictions i think you're fine <laughs> but just just coming back to to that uh, extremely painful uh, passage of play zinia so you know on a personal note and not as an objective journalist even after smriti got out really uh, cheaply and mitali uh, was run out because her spike was caught in the pitch something that was you know discovered much later initial reactions were like why is she not running with harmanpreet seda and poonam were all uh, done really well in the last couple of games uh, poonam raut had a century against australia harmanpreet of course in the in the group stage harmanpreet in the semi finals seda and her manic knock against new zealand so there was a sense of uh, you know comfort like no you're 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 good it doesn't matter that you know there's a inexperienced lineup you knew that somebody like a shikha pande x pande can bat deepthi sharma can bat julian goswami herself has been known to be pretty handy with the bat when needed especially in england so there was there was always a sense of it can be done but uh, once i think i would personally say once around 
Poonam Rao's wicket fell in the in the after forty overs were done, which was which was where the one ninety one the collapse started. I had a bad feeling while while covering, and uh, after that, uh, it it was it just seemed like a procession, and none of those wickets, a lot of them were rushed shots as as good as Anya Shrapsol was. She was fantastic with the ball, but there was also an element of panic in it, and. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that since you were there, and you know, when I and Clive can elaborate on how it how it seemed, but to me, it just seemed like inexperience and a bit of panic, because the talent was never really in doubt. So uh, before I I go over to Clive to to talk about this, I just wanted to add uh, since you mentioned uh, the the feeling that of of being there, um, I think the the moment I had that thought that okay, we just might be. pulling this off uh, was also when i felt that dread uh, creeping in uh, to my own thought process because till then i was just treating it as another cricket match uh, that you were just watching unfolding not thinking about the stakes as much and i have a feeling it's it kind of mirrored what was happening in the thought process of the batters out there as well uh, because they seemed to be getting a little panicky and um, incidentally one other thing that i observed was that uh, even the england players were also Uh, a little jittery and panicky they were missing stumping during those one one stumping that uh, uh, sarah taylor missed um, uh, there were a couple of fielding errors which you would not really associate with the england team so it seemed to be that nerves were on play on on uh, both sides and we'll go to clive for this one um, so clive uh, what is your take on on when uh, suddenly the the match became a humdinger no so basically what happens is when you realize like you are playing the game you are in the element but when you start realizing when things start getting close that's when you start you know thinking about your thought process about uh, yeah i'm so close what can i do to achieve it and it's not like that you just said tarik that both the player both the set of uh, players were jittery okay and there was obviously some pressure uh, going around because this is the most at that point it was a most watched world cup event okay and the, the players didn't know it at that point but you are so close you can't help it but think about it okay and it's a mental aspect of the game as well that when you are this close you obviously try to think about it and the indian uh, batsmen i don't blame them because uh, they were trying to relieve the pressure even though the, it was if they could have taken their time back and you know believe that if we take this longer we can chase it down but then the came that point you know that we want to relieve the pressure and pressure is the worst thing you want at that stage in a in, in any match and this being the world cup final was just amplified for these uh, players so all the shots you could see that it was just done to relieve the pressure and it was not coming off for them so that is one aspect which if they look back at it now they they definitely would have felt that they they can handle this much better than it did on the day uh similar thoughts vinayak could the could the indian team now have handled it better than they did on on that day maybe inexperience uh yeah i think that is a fair statement to make uh, the inexperience uh aspect has been talked about i mean even in the immediate aftermath of the final mitali pointed out to the fact that you know the, pre- the occasion uh did get to them uh not in so many words but uh that was a prevailing sentiment even from the team that you know they kind of with the victory inside they uh flustered uh they when they didn't have to a couple of things that really stand out for me were uh, vedas innings 
she was doing really well and then at one point when she lost punam rao uh, she just started taking too many chances when as the senior uh, batter in the lower order she should have been the one to take india home and she i guess she wanted it to do it in her way uh, just to play release shots like clive mentioned but that her rash shot and the run out of shikha pande uh, those were things that really turned the match uh, like zinia said shrapsol was brilliant uh, but i think uh, apart from the yorker to jillan goswami uh, shrapsol d- just came in and did her thing uh, without i mean without doing anything special she got the wickets uh, gifted by the indian batters to an extent a uh, couple of slower balls and all that is fine but i mean i think apart from the jillan goswami wicket at the end uh, the other wickets were largely gifted by the indian batters uh, to shrapsol i mean but what a story for shrapsol to pick up six and then to complete her dream uh, at lords that was another another brilliant storyline in that uh, crazy day and i just want to say that uh, vinayak says you know like that release shot you play and all that i understand the thinking also behind like if you put the pressure back on the england players and obviously she also knows that both, even they are feeling the pressure right now so if you get a shot off and if you get like a six out over here the pressure is back on them so that is also something which you know she might have been thinking but you could still say that the execution Probably, was yeah yeah, yeah. like you yeah. can obviously be like you don't want the pressure the pressure is on you you want to put it transfer it back and it just didn't work out which is the sad part of it all uh, and just to play devil's advocate here for a minute we uh, we all hope that you know given if the situation were to repeat india would do better in terms in a crunch situation in a chase but the world t20 final earlier this year we saw something similar happen so it is i think that points to a deeper issue which is uh, india being despite being a very talented team needing a lot more uh, match practice i think it's not it was inexperienced to an extent uh, it was panic but it also is something that's repeated uh, almost 3 years on but this also has to do a lot with uh, you know how the countries play because in wbbl these all the players they face these situations they are in these match situations throughout the time when they are playing the league so they know how to handle it so and they, and especially when you have when you know people are watching you they know that you can handle it and then you develop you learn from other players as well the indian players don't have many opportunities to do that wi- within india okay and in international cricket you these situations can't be easily manufactured so if you have something like a women's ipl then you can you know build on it or something like that but you it's inexperience is definitely playing a part and you the only way you can improve on it is playing more and more cricket of it and just to add a couple of more points here before we move on to the final segment of the podcast um one is it's astonishing that the asking rate never really actually climbed above uh, a runner ball which uh, like i mentioned in my last uh, in during our discussion in the last podcast also uh, is is a old fashioned benchmark that i have psychologically in my mind where i think that as long as it is around there it's it's still manageable um and the second thing was there was uh, a, a rain delay at one point or the threat of rain at one point and interestingly india were uh, actually ahead on the on the dls part score 
uh, in fact the guy uh, the the cricketer kid who was sitting next to me had said that we could do with a torrential shower right about now and we said that you know india would not mind that at all uh, which uh, ties back to the point that you guys were making which is uh, that even as an indian fan i was thinking okay we need divine intervention to get out of here let let this not stretch out to the complete extreme a part of me as sad as i was with the result think it was also important that a runner up trophy came uh, in in the sense that uh, had it been an outright win there would have been there would have probably uh, not addressed the issues that would that are being addressed now or that have been addressed in the last 3 years so let's start on that positive note uh, of course there are a lot of things in the match that could have changed uh, as vinayak mentioned you know this uh, taking responsibility as a senior partner or uh, for example managing uh, managing the run rate the asking rate but uh, at the end of the day i think it was it was just the right kind of uh, push needed that women's cricket in india needed and uh, in a way it's also great for england you know if if i look at a I look as a women's cricket fan uh, england winning it at home uh, they were they didn't have the best of systems they were building on it and that sort of started a really good uh, or more investment in the ecb program for women's cricket as well so in in that sense it had far reaching effect it also meant that every time uh, sorry on a side note every time people say that oh morgan was the first england team to win the world cup trophy and no heather knight did it and at lords so sorry on and on, on that note i think in a way a runner up trophy was as important for india as the winners would have been Uh, in 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 the term in terms of system, but of course, as an Indian, we would have loved to see Mathali uh, lift the trophy at Lords. I mean, that is a very favorite visual for all of us, right? Yeah. So for me, my final thought was like, uh, given how we had a tournament, you know, like you obviously, I really felt that we overachieved. Okay, I expected India to be in the semi-finals, but then when you face that Australian side. and then you reach the final after that after knockouts are basically luck right so i was given uh, after the hamanpreet innings I, sh- i had this feeling that we can do it we can win a final over here but things don't work out and that's fine like we have had we have been uh, we have been dead lot of losses anyways in icc events so now you're kind of used to it at this point but this one hurts when other reason is because women's cricket would have achieved a lot more would have benefited a lot if india would have won the won this event okay because the whole of india at this point was watching it okay and this was like the most um, well covered even icc for the first time okay decided to invest and believe that women's cricket is a format that you can you know market and make money and gain some revenue from so it was just that moment that this could have been the turning point in indian women's cricket okay and i despite and i still believe that despite the result okay we need to have some we need to have brought in some changes and hopefully the team, the bcci is learning doing it now and the girls are also learning and the indian team is more recognized right now in exmriti mandana i think after this got a wbbl contract harmanpreet ko already had a contract so more of these players indian players are being recognized around the world so that is a great achievement for the indian women's team that way uh just one more i mean smriti mandana already had a wbbl contract given before the world cup uh but i mean the other thing that i would add here is it's i mean we can all sit and talk about what would have happened if india had won i think the the impact was there it's 
the 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 thing that strikes me the most when we talk about that final is it it definitely was a turning point in the sense that you know a lot of things changed uh, there is way more recognition better coverage even if it's difficult sometimes as uh, zenia can vouch for in terms of watching bilateral matches and all that uh, there is an improvement there is a, there is a uh, direction that the game is heading but i think about 2017 and what was said in the immediate aftermath about you know it's time for women's ipl and we are in 2020 and we are still talking about is it time for women's ipl for the three years that conversation has not really changed in instead of you know we, we still have the the, the t20 challenge and all that but it's not an ipl it's not a full fledged tournament uh, but when i was researching or you know studying up for the pod about the final and all that mitali was asked about it you know people cr- cricketers were asked about it there was a debate whether it's time for women's ipl it happened in 2017 and we are still in 2020 and we are still debating it's not really going anywhere that is one disappointing part for me i'm not sure if that would have happened if india had won the world cup it's conjecture i can't say okay they had won the world cup then we would have had an ipl i don't i think the impact was already big enough for an ipl to happen but that's just another thing that i wanted to uh talk about you know in terms of going back and seeing all that happen it, nothing really changed in that direction is a little disappointing so we'll uh, s- circle back to uh, zinia on this uh, that what was what really has been the legacy of that particular match of of how we came into that and what happened next uh, and and zinia what did you find in terms of the the ecosystem even the coverage of the game um, or just uh, about women's cricket in general what what is the legacy that that game has left behind so uh So there's an interesting incident I'd like to mention. Uh, uh, before the 2017 World Cup, the pre-departure conference for the women's team, where Mitali Raj uh, had a presser, it was in a small room at the MIG uh, at the Maharashtra Cricket Academy in Bandra. There were a handful of journalists. I would say about ten, to be very honest. Uh, there was uh, there were normal questions, you know, about oh, what are your expectations from the team. uh there were a couple of very insightful questions about team combination spinners and all but it was it was a very short brief and uh, not very well attended press conference when the team came back it was in a ballroom of a five star hotel near the airport there was no space for journalists to stand because there were cameras everywhere they had to have three separate press conferences because everybody wanted to talk to everybody if you wanted to talk to the girls you had to jostle your way through either other media people or velvishers uh, there were pr managers involved in talking to them and uh, to quote smriti herself i spoke to her i got about 10 uh, minutes with her and she very candidly said i thought my leg injury will come back looking at the reception because there were so many people around me that in a way is is the legacy uh, i have not had the fortune to cover uh, the 2013 world cup which happened in india which again a lot of people might not remember india didn't really do well didn't make it through the super sixes and it's forgotten the 2016 world t20 also happened in india the double headers had slightly better coverage but what 2017 ensured is recognition is remembrance there was social media for starters right harmanpreet kaur trending or smriti mandana trending uh, that that really helped there was 
which means there was digital content there was videos as icc really went to so it all worked out in a in a way that now if india plays any match people want to watch it india was in west indies uh, last year and there was a digital app which was telecasting it which had the deals now two ways of looking at it right oh it's not on tv but at least there is some way to watch it so it's 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 a pretty glass half full half empty scenario yes a women's ipl should happen but we also had the t20 challenge which has given us somebody like a shafali verma who is such a huge talent so uh, and the it's all the legacy of that one final india reached the final of the world cup in 2005 as well which was held in south africa australia won i doubt a lot of people remember that india were runner up runners up before 2017 which is fine because it wasn't covered but how many will forget that 2017 india was in the final so in a way i think the legacy is going to be divided but i feel whatever happened was for the best in hindsight because a victory would have put brush some uh, issues under the carpet but an almost victory means the celebration but also a lot more room for improvement and we are joined for this episode by a very special guest uh, we have with us nehal pradhan who's uh, a sports writer cricket commentator youtuber former india cricketer uh, to talk about this this particular iconic match uh, and and its legacy uh, snehal welcome to the show thank you so much for joining us thank you happy to be here so uh, snehal firstly take us through the uh, through the match itself and your memories of the match or what you thought of it i mean it was quite a roller coaster ride the entire tournament was wasn't it <laughs> but uh, i mean just to uh, set the scene india didn't qualify directly for the 2017 world cup they had to go through qualifiers uh, beat south africa in the final and topped the qualifiers and for a team then that you know has had to uh, go through a process to get into the world cup uh, didn't make the top 4 automatically very few people would probably expect them to go on and uh, get to the final of the thing but then suddenly there was that great start against england um in which smriti scored uh, i think some 90 odd punam raut uh, put up a great uh, performance as well a uh, couple of then back to back wins against west indies pakistan sri lanka and suddenly everything was on a high and then uh, reality checks against uh, south africa and australia after not qualifying for the tournament automatically then looking like you know they're in red hot form suddenly their india were faced with a uh, with the practical quarter final against new zealand in their last league match which they won so convincingly that probably no one would have seen that kind of a win coming that incredible semi final then against australia which uh, in my mind harman played the greatest knock in women's odi history and then the final itself was such a roller coaster uh, and at the end of that tournament everyone's emotional reserves were completely depleted that world cup was also my first international uh, tournament as a member of the media it was the first time i had traveled abroad for an icc or for an international tournament to cover it i was one of only three indian journalists there uh, which was sad i mean um, there should have been more coverage just thinking back then the final itself was uh, was heartbreaking i mean that's probably just the one word i still have for it it was there was so much hope there was so much anticipation and um everyone was talking about you know how india have got this chase with uh, i think some six wickets in hand and 
um, maybe around 30 40 runs to get the indian team and me watching on knew that it wasn't going to be a straightforward chase one wicket could change everything and yeah unfortunately that's exactly what happened i'm not making um, excuses for any of them um, none of them would make excuses in that situation they are professional athletes they are uh, training to be in those kind of situations but the fact is that how many of them would actually have been prepared for that kind of a, a stage that kind of a, a situation the experience can only teach you things if you go through it i mean you think about the very suicidal running that there was there that shot from veda krishnamurthy which after uh, after the final and after everyone had left the ground and after it was just a few people in the press box she came out from the dressing room walked to the center of the pitch and was just shadow batting and you could see her thinking what if i had played that shot differently and it it the occasion definitely did weigh on uh, the performance and it is a lesson for how much you need to prepare for these kind of situations and how unpredictable they are so and let's uh, move ahead from there on to on to the legacy and the aftermath because uh, much as we would want to dwell on the game there is not much that we can do about it as in the result is in the history books uh, but it it did obviously have uh, quite a significant impact so how do you see the impact playing out as in has it played out the way you had expected it to or uh, is there work still to be done both i think i mean at the time i wrote about it as uh... especially uh, not just the final that innings that harman preet played and uh, incidentally we're recording today on uh, the anniversary of that innings um, that innings had the effect of uh, an ice bucket challenge on a siesta and it just really woke everyone up it just really caught your attention and then the team refused to let it go not just in that final but since then they've put in some very creditable performances since then um, got to the semi finals of the 2018 T20 world cup against many predictions uh, going through a group with australia and new zealand um, been pretty consistent in the icc women's championship uh, just dropping one series to australia winning everything else so has everything panned out a lot has panned out well because the nation has become aware that this is a team uh, that we should get behind the players have put in uh, over a long period good performances to um really show that yeah they are talented they are hard working and they are worthy of the attention of the nation the broadcasters have uh, shown better um, commitment in all home series being broadcast the bcci has put in made a lot of good moves now especially with uh, long term coaching contracts long term staff staff contracts which now again is uh, a little bit up in the air for this current uh, coaching regime but there's so much work still to be done i mean one of my pet peeves is the lack of an under 16 national tournament how can you expect to produce quality match winners if you are not nurturing your uh, supply line if you're not catering to the base of the pyramid there is so much work still to be done in terms of um, just awareness there's still so so much work to be done in terms of financial security for domestic cricketers whose match fees are uh barely enough to cover the cost of their equipment i mean karunya keshav uh, siddhan patnaik and myself who were the three indian journalists at uh, this uh, world cup at the 2017 world cup we compiled a report on women's cricket titled an equal hue in which we examined all these things and 
it just shows that so much has changed in the last three years, but so much still uh, needs to be done. One last question, which is again dialing back from uh, from let's say the macro perspective to something which uh, uh, fans with emotional investment would be thinking about uh, about this game going forward, which is that what would it take for India to finally land that uh, uh, land that holy grail of an ICC tournament win? It deserves isn't far off. I mean, Indian cricket has been working so hard. The players have been working so hard since the 1970s and sometimes they've not gotten the support of the administrators. I mean, a story from the 80s is that the Indian uh, administration at the time just didn't send the entry for the World Cup in time and therefore India could not participate in the World Cup. Um, and in as unbelievable as it sounds, I mean, Literally, in today's newspaper, there are reports of uh, the Indian team's upcoming tour to England being cancelled. And that's equally unbelievable to me that international women's cricket should be, if that story is true, should be um, a casualty of uh, something where cricket is being played in England right now. So, I'm five things that India probably needs to win a, an ICC trophy are better administration in terms of a separate administration in the BCCI for uh, women's cricket. This is something we've, these five points we outlined in our report as well. Um, a mass marketing campaign really to change the perceptions of women's cricket at the grassroots and just convince a lot of people who still believe that women should not be playing sport at all, should not be playing cricket at all. Um, investment in that program, which will then be uh, directed through that separate um, chain of command at the BCCI that looks after women's cricket, a women's IPL. I mean, yesterday, please start with four teams, have uh, the same, but critically the same uh, teams that you have in the men's franchise, because that is the model that has shown success in the Big Bash and in uh, AFL in Australia. Um, and number five is just domestic cricket. The investment in domestic cricket, your under-16s, uh, school cricket for girls is practically non-existent. That is a huge hole in the system. And giving job security to domestic cricket. Yeah, a lot of people talk about uh, equal pay, but I don't want Virat Kohli, I don't want uh, Mithali Raj to be earning uh, seven crores before domestic cricketers have uh, job security. I mean, I, I would be more than happy if these uh, women are earning that kind of money, but all the women playing cricket in the country deserve to have some kind of financial security, an environment in which then they can excel and provide that supply line of high quality talent that will then help India win a World Cup. I mean, you don't need, you don't need 15 players, you don't need 7 players to win a World Cup, you don't need 7 match winners, you need 30 match winners to win a World Cup because you are going to have injuries, you are going to have bad form, you are going to have conditions that suit certain players. So you need 30 match winners ready. And uh, this is the kind of system that India needs to work towards. Uh, and finally, as for the legacy, uh, I think it is absolutely tremendous. Uh, to, uh, it was a great experience to see that even on television, at Lords, to see a full-packed uh, stadium so thoroughly invested in the game uh, with the ebbs and flows of it. Uh, and where where it led Indian cricket uh, to from there. Uh, we, uh, Clive can touch upon the Harman Precor when he talks about uh, her innings. Uh, but I think that innings brought India to uh, rest of India to the World Cup uh, in terms of creating awareness for the game. And uh, it would have been great if India had won the tournament. But I think the fact that so many people 
started watching it started following the tournament from that semi final onwards and the final and since i think that is a huge huge thing you know that i think the world cup 2017 was a big part of how 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 well followed and even covered uh, women's cricket is right now when i brought up this point you know that i was uh, i was watching the uh, women's i was part of women's uh, bbl when hamarpreet caught uh, played a first um, uh, wbbl and i remember when i was volunteering over there she played this really beautiful majestic shot and you know all the girls like there were a lot of kids in the uh, in the crowd that day and they were like how did she play that shot okay and they would immediately the next thing they did was whenever they got that that plastic bag they were trying to copy that shot of hers so that is one thing you know that earlier kids now women at least in india women's uh, girl, girls right now they have women to look up to regarding cricket so and knowing that okay we are this close okay they, these girls will grow up with that uh, dream that we want to be the first ones to win india world cup so that is that that's you know that spark you need for the girls you know just uh, stand up take up the bat okay and you know start playing developing your game so that is one of the biggest legacies i think this final has left even though we lost it that's a different story but that feeling that we are we can get close okay the girls have now someone to look up to and then they can go ahead from there and the other thing is that what if moment is i think what if we handle that whole chase a bit more better than how we handled it on the day of the final a lot of questions over there we could have been world champions where as zinia said that um, these things happen you never know like how it would have played out women's ipl might have come not come we have no answers but it did bring out some issues that we are still india at that point was still not a perfect team okay and just just brings out that we are still one level below england and australia and we we have a gap to cover before we can actually challenge and call ourselves world champions what if moments are a plenty in in this match uh, any any one wicket not falling or uh, smriti mandana yes but considering she already had a poor run seemed you know at the start of the match it seemed fine but i think perhaps maybe even as a fielding unit uh, the lower order partnership for england had uh, you know benefited from a lot of singles and a lot of mistakes india did have a fielding coach then but uh, there was not enough emphasis given on that so i think a big what if would have been fielding because it's something i still see you know the batting has evolved uh, fielding is getting better but it's still not there so what if it was so professionally treated that we also had a much better fielding plan it's it's a little it's easy to you know for those nine runs would have come from anywhere but maybe what if there was no, no extra nine runs to chase Yeah. just being a little out of the box here yeah. as for the legacy i think all of you all have uh, mentioned it really well i'll i'll be very honest uh, i did not expect and i'm sorry about that but i did not expect a lot of uh, men to be into women's cricket initially uh, because i have heard some really weird comments about female players from a lot of men no offense to uh, anyone listening or to my three uh, hosts of the show but uh, what harmanpreet did is she made you know she essentially showed you that sport is gender neutral maybe it needed somebody blasting sixes for fun for that part to be realized maybe you needed you you, you know you needed that sort of uh, jolt because so often the not uh, you don't look at women's sport on par because of the physical limitations or just the lack of coverage in that sense it created new fans budding female cricketers will now have harmanpreet's posters instead of just having sia sehwag or a sachin 
but it also means that a lot of young men and older men look at women's cricket as an entity which is successful which is which exists and which is doing really well this uh, the reason i'm bringing this up is because not a lot of people see it from a gender angle uh, in 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 the sense like uh, when uh, when i go to a press conference i don't see a lot of female journalists that some you know somebody before that would have seen even fewer in that sense the visibility this match has given is good now uh, you see uh, during the lockdown we've seen a lot of these yeah, shows that are being hosted you know smriti mandana and jemima rodrigues uh, host a show those that kind of visibility it all came from that one lost final uh, in in that sense this is a very different sort of legacy but it just struck me that how we are we are talking about this on this podcast our your first one was about the natwest final in 2002 which was so iconic and to have a women's match also being discussed in the same tone is a big big improvement for all of us so i mean that's that's really the real legacy of this which is a great note to uh, bring the podcast to a close uh, thank you so much for joining us zinia and uh, with with those great insights and that and that fantastic bit uh, at the finish and as usual uh, thank you to clive uh, and vinayak and our special guest uh, snehal who also brought in uh, so much to this podcast in the meantime you can subscribe to our podcast and also please leave a review on any of the pod catching platforms that you use reviews really help the podcast go up uh, on visibility and like zinia said women's cricket visibility has has benefited from that and the podcast could too uh, but once again uh, thank you very much and uh, see you again next time with another iconic game